Welcome to Success Hackers, Cracking the Entrepreneurial Code, the podcast that's focused on empowering entrepreneurs to find the edge and take their business to a whole nother level. We're peeking behind the curtain to learn entrepreneurial shortcuts and success strategies from the most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. Get ready for mind-blowing entrepreneurial tips with your host, high-performance business coach, keynote speaker, and author, Scott Hansen. Showtime in three, two, one. Today's Success Hackers episode is brought to you by IWantMoreLeads.net. If you are looking to grow your leads for your business today, make sure to check out the free video on how to generate all the leads your business can handle. Go to IWantMoreLeads. That's IWantMoreLeads.net. Also, remember to stay all the way to the end because I have something special that I want to share with all of you. And also, a lot of times people say, Scott, I want to actually like, inter- uh, I want to email you because I have some things that I would love for you to share with your guests or ask your guests these questions. You can do that by emailing the show. I read all the emails. Just email us at info at successhackers.net, info at successhackers.net. If you have a special topic or a subject that you want me to ask our guests, Make sure to do that. And when you do that, here's a little bonus. When you do email the show, info at successhackers.net, I will actually not only read your topic, of course, but I will also mention you and your business name on the show. All right, Hacker Nation, let's get down to business. We're about to chat with someone who is known as the Code Whisperer. She's so passionate about software and coding, she has a JavaScript tattoo on her wrist. Today, our featured guest is Ms. Andrea Goulet. Andrea, are you ready to rock? I am. Thanks for inviting me. This is going to be fun. Andrea Goulet is the CEO of Corgibytes, a software development shop dedicated to maintaining and modernizing software applications. Named by LinkedIn as one of the top 10 professionals in software under the age of 35, Andrea is the founder of LegacyCode.rocks and hosts a podcast dedicated to changing the way we think about legacy code. She keynotes frequently about building a business based on balance, empathy, and trust, the perils of the technical, non-technical divide, and the technical philosophies around working with legacy code. Andrea, welcome to Success Hackers. It is really great to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, I gave our Hacker Nation listeners little information, but We'd love for you to share a little bit more about your business and how you got so interested in software. Yeah, so um, so Corgi Bytes emerged. Um, I connected with a really good friend from high school at our 10-year high school reunion, Scott. And I had been in business, oh my gosh, forever. My parents had a business when I was growing up. They worked out of the house. They did desktop publishing and I remember just always wanting to be in front, like where I could interact with the clients. And so the only way I could do that was if I did something useful for the business. So I was doing things like stapling and filing when I was really young. And so I got to see very much firsthand how a business kind of grows. And um, my dad had set me up with my own business when I was 12. And I went to... Um, business school, got my degree in uh, marketing and business law, and then just always felt this pull to be an entrepreneur. So I've freelanced, I've been in corporate America, I've, I've kind of run the gamut. And I was really looking for something to invest in, 
that everyone needs and no one else does. Because to me, that was the ultimate supply. It solved the supply and demand problem. Mm. <laughs> and um, so I found that with legacy code. And it turned out that my friend from school, Scott, was really passionate about software maintenance. He approached me because I had already been out and, you know, had done some consulting. And he said, Andrea, I'm an engineer and I don't, I know I know how to solve these engineering problems and I want to be in business for myself. And from what I can tell, I have a marketing problem and you understand marketing. So I think if we teamed up, we could be a really good duo. And so he offered me 51% of the company if I came on as his CEO and, um, and I did, and we worked together for several years, and now we're married, even. <laughs> we got, so we started the business first, and then we got married, and now we have two kids. So it's, it's been a really phenomenal ride. And so we started by creating, um, vocabulary that we could just use. So we started calling what we did software remodeling. We referred to all of our developers as code whisperers. And, um, we, call our first initial uh, technical discovery a code inspection. So we, we And then we also described people who like doing this type of work, who like doing the software maintenance side of things as opposed to the brand new shiny features. We referred to them as menders to really kind of be a balance to that maker culture that we hear about so often in the world. Yeah, I love it, man. What an awesome story. I mean... <laughs> You're looking for something to become an entrepreneur. You grew up in an entrepreneurial uh, household with your dad, and he kind of showed you the ropes, and you knew there was just one day, somehow, some way, you're going to become an entrepreneur. Then these criteria meet your needs. You meet you know, an old friend at the time, and then sure enough, you guys not only become business partners, and I like how he made you 51%. Yeah. <laughs> Well played, yeah, sir. Even, yeah, I sometimes say that that was the best pickup line ever. Exactly. For all you single Hacker Nation listeners out there, what a great pickup line. So, of course, um, you have to also follow through on it. So all that, sure yeah, all that. Right, that's true. Real quickly, I know we could probably be here for, for a while, but really quickly, top line, what exactly is legacy code, number one, and what are the types of companies that you work with? Yeah, so legacy code is code, or at least the way I define it. There's a lot of different definitions, but the way that I define it is that it's, for me, it's legacy code that's really diff, legacy code is code that's really difficult to work with because there's no good communication around it. And what, when this really struck me was that there's a, um, there's a computer science law called Conway's law that we, that we stumbled on a, about six months after we like really dug into to this idea of making our business only focus on legacy code. And the idea is that the code base will mirror the communication structures within your organization. So if you work at a place where it's just notoriously difficult to interact with people, you've got silos, like you've built that kind of normal corporate culture, right? That's when code becomes really difficult to work with. But if you've built a company where transparency and responsiveness and all of these things that are really modern, then you're going to be able to work on your code base much more effectively. So one of the things that I think sets Corgi Bytes apart is that it's not just the technical side, like all of our developers, our code whispers are amazing on the technical side and 
they are also amazing consultants. So one of the things at Corgibytes is that we don't have people who are technical or non-technical. We have people who are both. And that was one of the things that Scott and I really learned was that, you know, Scott had to learn how to become a good consultant. Yes, he comes from an engineering background. However, you know, he's a he's a full human. And I said that doesn't excuse you from developing skills such as empathy and good communication. And at the same time, when I started this business eight, nine years ago, I didn't understand software. I mean, I had a I had a good kind of systems thinking, I would say. That's kind of naturally how I see the world. But in terms of the syntax of software, that's something I definitely had to learn. And as we've gone about positioning ourselves, it's been really interesting because people see me naturally as the person who's the consultant or has the empathy or things like that because I'm a woman. And they assume that Scott is like the one who is in the basement and just does all the technical stuff. And vice versa. And so one of the things we've had to really look at critically is these stereotypes that exist in software. And my, there's so much research that shows that most of them are just complete bunk. So women can code, engineers can have empathy, and there is no um, reason for really these to exist other than that's just kind of, quote, the way we've always done it. So tell us, uh, tell us who, what kind of companies do you work with? So, so let's, let's peel out of the coding space here for a second in, in the language because I think, uh, even with the way you're explaining it, I don't know if a lot of my audience is going to understand even how, maybe they will, I don't know. I, I it's, it's very much over my head, but for, for, from a marketing standpoint, you talked about how you kind of separate yourself, but, Number one, how do you separate yourself? Because on the show and as a business strategist, I work with my business owners on really how to create a market-dominating position, then how to funnel these leads into your business, et cetera, et cetera, and then the sales and funnel and the process. That's what I coach on, and that's what a lot of people here talk about um, on the show. So for your business, for Corgibytes, how do you guys, number one, separate yourself from other people that do what you do? Maybe there's not a lot of people that do what you do. And then number two is how do you take what you've currently learned and then how to market towards your right niche audience? We have a couple of different audiences, but the one that I think grew the fastest and kind of surprised us was startups um, that are funded. Um, and we really did a lot of kind of analysis, right? We're engineers. That's what we do. And so we looked at the business life cycle and we really dissected and we said, okay, in the, in the beginning phases of growing a business, let's say you're growing a software business, you start out by being really scrappy. You have, um, you know, an MVP, a minimum viable product that you're really putting together, that you're trying to get into the market. You're doing a lot of experimentation. And we said, oh, that's the maker culture that really dominates everything. Um, but there is a point where, you know, kind of transitioning out of growth and into kind of more scalability where you reach this inflection point where you really need to start focusing on standardization, on cleaning up, on, um, you know, documenting all of your rationale of um, focusing on your communication structures. And so what we find is that there are a lot of software companies out there who are hitting this inflection point of being really scalable. So, for example, they may have done their Series A or Series B funding rounds or they are revenue generating and now they're profitable. And so now they have the money to reinvest in making their code better and cleaning it up. So I sometimes use the 
metaphor of a house, right? So we're not the people who build the house. Um, there are lots of companies out there, software companies, who focus on architecting and building the house. We are more like the crew that comes in and cleans the house, right? We're the plumbers yeah. who come in and like help you maintain your house. Um, and if needed, we're the general contractors who can help you remodel your existing structure. Because what I saw in the market was that there was a huge disconnect between engineers and the business people and they're the typical thing when an engineer would encounter a problem would would say well let's just delete everything and start over and to me as a business owner I was like that just makes zero sense like and to me I used a lot of storytelling and saying that sounds like if I had a house and I asked you to remodel the kitchen, you would say, okay, cool. The bulldozer is going to be here next week and we're going to completely bulldoze your house and start over. And so for me, the way that I stand out is by really teaching my developers how to be incredibly good business consultants. And that really has been how we set ourselves apart because we've been able to get such amazing business value yeah, and Hacker Nation, I think it's such a great, valuable lesson um, from Andrea. Where, where in any business, whether it's a coding software business or, or any kind of business, whatever business that you have right now, I love what she said, which is how do we train and teach and coach our engineers to wear also a different hat called a consulting hat? And I think it's so important for any business to really get inside the client's business that you're serving. So rather than just selling a widget and then be happy with the commission or the revenue from the widget and that, that one company provides you with X amount of dollars throughout the year and you sell them widgets or whatever, whatever your business is, taking it one step further to really understand how your products or your services actually impact their client's business. Because at the end of the day, if you can get into bed with your clients and really want to understand about how they operate and what they do and what makes them tick and the pain points that Andrea shared and all those things, your business will absolutely stand out from every other transactional business that's out there. When you can become a consultant and not just a vendor, when you can become a partner and not just a sales rep or a sales team or an organization, it's a different strategy, wouldn't you say? I would absolutely agree. And I think that really makes me think about a story about one of our, one of our clients. And, you know, they came to us and they were really frustrated about how much money they had spent with this other vendor. And so they were really nervous about hiring someone else. And so this, this was a theme that kind of came up with pretty much every client that we interacted with. And so, you know, I think one thing that gets overlooked is how important operation is, operations are to sales and to customer service. Mm -hmm. So we said, all right, well, we're going to make our pricing strategy so that it's a retainer, which right. is not very common. Normally you do this big fixed price bid and you have to plan everything out. And so we said, all right, well, it's going to help us for cash flow. But then also for our clients, we say, look, you know, spend the amount that you're comfortable with. And if you don't like it, you don't like if you don't feel like we've given you value, then there's no contract and you don't have to worry about hiring us again. Hmm. 
And so that really, but that was an operational standpoint and that really supported what we were seeing in the market and it supported our core values. And so... And that's exactly what I talked about, right? So it's exactly of finding out exactly what the pain points are, solving those pain points, and and being looked at as a partner, a true, true partner of wanting to know what makes their business tick so that, again, you're not looked at just a transaction and um, a dollar amount. You're actually looked at as, as a strategic partner with the business that you're working on. So... All right, Andrea. So as you know, our Hacker Nation community listens to the show for actual success hacks and strategies to help grow themselves and their business. You've already given us some some good golden nuggets for us, but we now shine the success hack spotlight on you. So what's one success hack that you can share that could really help our Hacker Nation community of entrepreneurs who are looking to take their business to the next level? What's one success hack that you can share on how they can actually grow their business? Yeah, I would say one of the things that's been transformative for us is there's some research that came out about a decade ago um, on promise-based leadership. And this has transformed the way that we work with each other and we work with our clients. And this is how I think you you really get to the point where you are delivering that really good consultative approach. Because it's one thing just to say to be a good consultant. It's another thing to give you tools to actually become a good consultant. So promise-based leadership um, – it's, uh, you know, you can, you can look it up from the Harvard Business Review, but there's, there's essentially three different things that need to go into it. And it, it, the idea is that you're not managing tasks, you're not managing user stories, you know, you're not managing light items on a spreadsheet or from your project management software. You are managing promises that you have made with people. And when you transform that from being an intangible kind of get things done thing, and instead say, I have personal accountability to this person, all of a sudden you start getting stuff done or you start communicating about what's in your way. So the idea is that there's three kind of steps. So the first is a meeting of the minds. So, for example, you know, on the podcast, you and I kind of had a discussion over email about when I was going to show up. And now we're actually executing and that's the second phase and the third will be closing the loop right and so you know we'll you know we've made an agreement and saying this this i have fulfilled my promise and so if you can think about your consulting and this goes whether or not you are a consultant as a living or if you are working on a product and you are looking to work with the people on your team if you can think of yourself as managing promises rather than managing tasks that's been huge for building trust. And um, and speaking of trust really quickly, too, trust is something that you build up over small interactions over a really long period of time. So, you know, it, it could be, especially with, um, with people who are more introverted or analytical, um, I found that just delivering what you say you're going to do and being reliable and having really good, solid communication um, really can help build trust in a way that being kind of, uh, you know, boisterous and gregarious and all the things we think about that you want to be in marketing um, don't really. So it really is just having promises, making sure that you're clear about the communications and following through and just doing that over and over and over and over again. So we are now entering the randomness round. It's kind of like putting you on the success hackers version of the hot seat. 
So whatever's the first answer that comes to mind, just let it rip. So Andrea Goulet, are you ready for the randomness round? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Best advice you've ever received? Find something that everyone needs and no one else wants to do. That's the secret to business. What's a daily habit that you do sometime throughout the day that puts you in a great frame of mind? I journal every day, and we actually have daily journals. So everyone on my team writes in a journal, and we all share it with each other. You now own a time machine. I want you to travel back in time to when you were 25 years old again. What advice would your current self, knowing about life and business, give your 25-year-old self? I would say just just keep at it and... uh Remember that all of your experiences are going to eventually come together. What's the one trait that you have that's contributed mostly to your success? I don't know. Well, okay, I'll say that from my LinkedIn recommendations, one thing that I see that is a pattern is that people say that I float very easily between the strategic and the analytical world. So I can understand the strategy of a CEO just as much as I can understand the, you know, analytical technical details of a software developer. What's a hidden talent that you have that most people may not know about you? I almost majored in classical voice and I really wanted to go to Broadway. So I like to sing. <laughs> So here's what I love about that. Uh, it's now customary that anybody that says they have a hidden talent around voice or singing, we as a collective unit, as our Hacker Nation community, expects that esteemed guest to belt out a few, uh, a few notes. So now that you said that, you know, that was your hidden talent, we would love, love for you to share a little something with us. Oh my gosh, I haven't warmed up. All right, so I've been listening to a lot of Hamilton lately. Okay, sure. So I'm sure. going to try to do my, my best from Hamilton. Okay, good. So I've been reading Thomas Sense by Thomas Paine. Some men think that I'm intense or I'm insane. You want a revolution? I run a revelation. So listen to my declaration. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. And when I meet Thomas Jefferson, well, I'm going to compel him to include women in the sequel. Work! <laughs> <laughs> yes! I mean, what other podcast can you talk about business strategy, coding, and now Hamilton? I mean, amazing. What is one book that you've read that's made an impact on your business? Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. If you can recommend one social media tool or overall service to our Hacker Nation community, what would that be? I like LinkedIn. (laughs) I've I've used it. since 2005 and it's been fantastic for helping me connect with people and you know I use it as my online Rolodex so I think it's it's kind of underused it's not as sexy as some of the other um, other social networks out there but I found it to be incredibly powerful for my personal growth well Andrea you are now officially off the randomness round hot seat This has been absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for sharing your time and these incredible success strategies and hacks with our Hacker Nation. Where can our listeners find out more about you and your business? Yeah, so you can go to corgibytes.com and it's corgi like the dog, C-O-R-G-I, and then bytes like the computer, B-Y-T-E-S. Um, I'm on Twitter, so you can find me at Andrea Goulet. And then if you happen to be a mender who loves modernizing software and doing software maintenance, you can check out legacycode.rocks. Awesome. Hacker Nation, make sure to head over to successhackers.net for this episode, show notes and recap from today's incredible interview with Andrea, along with some other really cool brand new resources. 
we have on the site. Oh, remember, when you're on the site, don't forget to click subscribe so that you get all the latest and greatest newest episodes. Before we end the show today, I wanted to make you all aware of something. Besides being the creator and host right here on Success Hackers, I'm also a business strategist. And after working years with small business owners, I've learned that there are literally only five specific areas in every business where there's a treasure trove of untapped revenue and profits. But for whatever reason, 99% of business owners know nothing about them, and unfortunately, they're missing a gold mine because of it. Well, after I discovered how bad this actually is, I now perform what I call 40-minute business makeovers, where I can help guarantee to find any small business owner at least $10,000 in their existing business in less than 45 minutes without them spending one cent on advertising or marketing. Well, now I want to make this available to you, my loyal Hacker Nation listeners, completely complimentary, but we only have a handful of spots available. So if you're an existing business owner, you've been in business for longer than two years, and you want me to help you find revenue in your existing business without you spending any money on advertising and help you put together a marketing strategy over the next 12 months that's going to blow your current business out of the water, make sure to head over to 40minutemakeover.com. That's 40, F-O-R-T-Y, minutemakeover.com. That's 40minutemakeover.com for additional information on how you can grab one of these spots available. This is Scott Hansen saying thanks again for listening to another episode of Success Hackers. Until the next show, go out and live with passion.